Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Clown Chat Podcast. This is Jacob here doing just a solo episode um, on the playoff series that we did not know about when we recorded the last episode with Raleigh and T. And then as well, just kind of going over what happened in the play-in and um, what's happened here on the first day of the playoffs I'm recording right now, it is uh, the Warriors-Nuggets uh, game has just tipped. It is currently 4-2, to two. Denver in the lead in that one, so it's just gotten underway. Um, just watched uh, Philadelphia uh, finish up a blowout win over Toronto, which was very impressive. We will get to that. Um, unfortunately, I have to do it solo today. We weren't able to work it out so that we could have any... Um, any any of our guests on um, just didn't work out schedule wise just too tight with the last playing game ending so late last night and then um, everything starting so early today it was just pretty difficult to get everything coordinated there but um, cool, this is just how we're going to do it so um, I'm going to start off by talking about the play-in and um, I just want to say that I think it's one of the best things and a lot of people have said this. This is not an original take, but I think it's one of the best things the league has really done in a long time. Um, I think one of the things that when, um, like, when I first started watching, you know, getting really, really into basketball about ten years or so ago, like making the playoffs really didn't feel like that much of a cup. And the league is a lot deeper now, so that factors into this too. But, um. It's just like with football, like you had six teams, now you have seven. Uh, and of course the AFC in football is so deep that like now even with seven, it's going to feel like a real accomplishment. Um, but you had a situation where, you know, with half the league, over half the league getting into the playoffs with the NBA, just guaranteed getting in, um, you had a situation where it really didn't feel like that much of that big of an accomplishment to get in. Um, especially like, you know, you're automatically facing the number one seed, that's that's kind of a difficult spot. So it really didn't feel like that big of an accomplishment. This is like, the way they've set this up, I feel like it feels like an, I feel like it's an accomplishment now. I feel like you, you, it just feels different, right? Because, like, to, to get into that top six, is it big though? You go down the list and it's like, well, first and second seed, you get, it, 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 you want to get those because you can get home court either all the way through or through the first two rounds. Three and four, you want to get those because you get home court in the first round. Five and six are now a big freaking deal because you can lock yourself in and not have to worry about the plan. And then, you know, even seven and eight, you know, that's more important because you, you know, that's, that's even still, it still has some importance over nine and 10. I mean, the way they set up this incentive structure is perfect to me because, you know, seven and eight, you still have the edge. You know, you can have two shots to win one game and you know that at least one of those games is going to be home. If you're the seven seed, both of them would be at home. You'd have to lose two home games to miss the playoffs, which is why no, no seven seed has missed the playoffs yet. And we'll get to, I think, some interesting trends from the last two play-ins. Um, so we'll get to that. But um, 
And then, of course, 9 and 10, I think it's appropriately set up where, like, yeah, you have your shot, but you got to win two games. Um, so I think it's really good, and it keeps more fan bases interested. I mean, some of the crowds with these plans, I mean, you take a place like Minnesota, right? Minnesota has made the playoffs once in, since like, 2004, before this year. And you could tell that game mattered to them. I mean, especially with the way the players celebrate after the game, like, um, the crowd was into it, like, and, and I think, and somebody mentioned this on on Twitter, it's like, um, and, and Minnesota will, will obviously not be down 2-0, we'll get to that too, um, but like, a place like New Orleans is another example, where like, yeah, New Orleans is probably gonna, gonna get, you know... <laughs> Spoiler alert, they're probably going to be... They're not going to do well in this series against Phoenix. They're probably going to be down to... So it's like a much different situation where it's like... You know, New Orleans has this home game that feels winnable. is really significant. It's a one-and-done sort of thing. And that crowd is really into it. Whereas, you know, if you just start out and in that guaranteed that first-round series and you're down 2-0... Well... The crowd might not be into it as much. So I think it's a neat little thing that showcases some teams that may not be like championship favorites, but um, I, I just think it's a really good thing that they've done. It was entertaining. I'm trying to think, were like any of the games bad? Oh, there the, the one game that was not great was obviously the Atlanta-Charlotte um, game. Atlanta handled their business in that one uh pretty clearly but um i'm just trying to think oh i guess um new orleans the the 9 10 games were kind of um were you know were kind of blowouts but when you look at it i mean this both 7 8 games were good and both um both 8 9 games for the 8 seed were pretty good So, I mean, the thing was entertaining. It was fun to watch. So I just have to tip my cap to the NBA on that. Now, some interesting results um, you know, came from that. Uh, one thing that was interesting was, um, you know, obviously, so, so just, I'm just going to go over this. Both, so over the last two years, how this is broken down. And I think it's very interesting because the 7-8 games, which winner gets the 7 seed, loser has to play for the 8 seed. Um, the 7 seed has won all four. The 9-10 games, obviously loser's out, winner advances to play for the 8 seed. The nine seed has won all four games. So pretty, pretty chalk there, but it's very interesting because you get to that game where you're playing for the eight seed. And now we have three of the four teams that have gotten into the eight seed. The only team that actually held the eight seed was Washington last year. They lost to Boston for the seven, and then they got the eight after beating, I think it was Indiana. But the other three, Memphis beating the Warriors last year, that was, you know, 
a sign of things to come for the Grizzlies. Um, then you had this year, obviously, with the Pelicans and Hawks winning. Three of the four uh, nine seeds have actually made the playoffs. So I just think that's interesting. And that kind of shows that what, what that says is it almost says that like there's a gap. It, it almost seems like that seven seed matters. Right? It's, like, it's almost like there's a gap between that the seven seeding in terms of the caliber of the team and like some of the rest of these teams. And obviously, you know, it doesn't help. Or it doesn't help the lower seeds that you look at some of the teams that have been the seventh seed. You have Boston last year, who, which was kind of a shell of itself, not, you know, having a down year, but like they still had Jason Tatum. Um, The Lakers, again, shell of itself, down year, a lot of injuries, but they still had LeBron and AD. And then you have this year, you have the Nets, again, really weird season. Um, you know, probably, you know, probably not, you know, a lot of people thought they were the championship favorites. I never did, um, but a lot of people did. And, um, you know, they're certainly not that, but they still have KD. And then um, this year you have a Minnesota, and then you have a Minnesota team that, um, that was significantly better record-wise than any of the other um any of the other West playing teams. Um, obviously, the Clippers. You can argue with P- with PG playing in that game, like that was a really good game. But like Minnesota had, it was much closer record wise to the five and the six than to the eight. So um, it's just kind of interesting how how those things played out. So obviously, how the play in um, played out this year. Obviously, we had Minnesota beating the Clippers to grab the seven. We had, um, we had the net. The Nets did beat Cleveland to get the get the seven in the East, and then Atlanta beat Charlotte to advance to the game for the eight against Cleveland, and then we had the Pelicans beating the Spurs in the West to advance to play the Clippers. And then it's interesting because the so in the West in the eight for the eight seed, the Clippers actually ended up losing and, I, and and certainly a big part of that you have to look at it is you know Paul George was out because he you know he got COVID and yeah you know what that's bad timing it, it sucks for the Clippers but here's what I would say on that I mean this is why so, so people are saying like oh this is why the playing shouldn't be a thing and I really disagree I think if you have not earned a top six spot in your conference then that's on you Play better basketball. You're leaving, you know, when when you when you are not in the top six, you leave yourself vulnerable, and that's just the way it goes. You leave yourself vulnerable to, you know, anything can happen. I mean, there are series where, you know, Orlando when Orlando had those couple of years where they were like the seven or eight seed, like they. Um, you know, there are a couple times where they took a game in, the, in their first round series against like Toronto when they won the title and Milwaukee when they were the one seed. Or Orlando won won a game in their series, like, and they weren't good. Like anything can happen when you're playing one basketball game. So and you leave yourself vulnerable to that. And I think that's 
I think that's great. I mean, look, the teams that are not, you know, and people will say that with Brooklyn this year. I disagree. I think Brooklyn's more dangerous than your typical seven. I think the Lakers are more dangerous. Last year were more dangerous than your typical seven. Um, But, like, at the end of the day, like, the championship winner is probably not coming out of that play-in tournament. So, it is what it is. Like, it's entertaining. And, and you, you know, you got us. You got us going and play well. Like, you, you, you leave yourself vulnerable to a random off shooting night when you're seven through 10. And that's just how it goes. And I think that's, that's fine. So the Pelicans, you know, ended up beating the Clippers and the Clippers are home, which, you know, the Clippers will be fine. They're getting Kawhi back next year. They'll be, uh, looking ahead. They'd probably be my West favorite next year, but I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, but I mean, it, it, I'd say so. I'd say the AT probably matters more to New Orleans, um, a team that has not had a history, real history of winning. So I mean, congrats to them. CJ McCollum has really changed that franchise when he since he's gotten there, and even without Zion, you know, pretty impressive stuff for them to. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting if Zion actually comes back and plays. It will be really interesting to see how they do next year. Um, then you have. Um, the East, where uh, this one went more how I expected. I, I thought the Clippers would win. I was wrong. Um, but then you had um, the, uh, whatchamacallit, the Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, beating the Cavs. I kind of thought the Cavs would. Now, it got interesting. The Cavs looked good early. Jared Allen was back. They looked really dangerous. They looked like they were going to win the game. And then Atlanta stayed with it. Trey Young went off. And they came back and won. And that's why I thought Atlanta would win. Is I thought they're the better team. They didn't have home court, but they're the better team. They had the best player. It's a team with a lot more playoff experience from their run last year. So... I ha- I gave I, you know I gave Atlanta you know certainly an edge there and it kind of played out how I expected, um, so and I think this is better for the playoffs because I think Cleveland again all due respect to them this was an overachieving year for them they're going to be really dangerous going forward they are um, with with that core of Mobley and Allen and Garland and Coro and Levert and all the other pieces they have they're going to be dangerous Markkanen. But um, they're going to be dangerous going forward. But at the same time, this was an overachieving year for them. It was a major step in the right direction for that franchise. But the Hawks were better. And they're the better team. And the right team won that game. So, yeah, so that's what happened as far as the play-in goes. Um, So just talking about then the new series we learned about. Um, Celtics, Nets, Hawks, Heat, Suns, Pelicans, and then the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies, which actually happened today. And we'll, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get this in before that first game one happened, but I'll be upfront about what my pick was and all that stuff. I, I promise I haven't changed it or anything like that. I don't overreact to game ones anyway. Um, the team that I actually thought was going to win all the series that have played so far actually... 0-3 today. 
Um, so I have not had a great day from that standpoint. But, you know, again, I, I'm not going to overreact to game ones. There's still a lot of series left to play um, for, for, you know, for all these series. So let's start with... Um, Let's start with Celtics Nets because that's going to be this. That's going to be the series that a lot of people are going to be looking at here in the first round. Um, there's some other great series as well. Um, I think when, when you look at great series, you look at probably the Sixers. Really, I mean, I think there's only two outright bad series here, and that's Bucks Bulls and. Suns Pelicans. I think the rest of the series are all good, but just for the names and the star power and everything like that, a lot of people are going to be looking at Celtics Nets as the series in the first round. So we'll start there. Um, look, I think the Celtics are going to win this series. I just, at the end of the day, they are a better basketball team than the Brooklyn Nets. They don't have the best player. That's Kevin Durant. I concede that. But the Celtics are the better team. The Nets have a great offense. The Celtics have a really good offense, but here's the difference in the series. Celtics have a great defense. They had now they don't just have a great defense. They have the best defense in the NBA. Led by defensive player of the year, likely winner. Congrats to him, Marcus Smart. He is deserved this for a long time and it is is so I'm so happy that he is finally starting to get the recognition that he's deserved because I feel like he's been snubbed a little bit in the past I feel like when you're talking about you know def- I think a lot of people are, get too focused on big men sometimes when it comes to this award and I'm just so happy that Marcus Smart is finally getting the recognition he deserves for being such a great defensive player it just it's just it's just so awesome, um, but the Celtics are the best defense team in basketball, and um, it is going to be an interesting matchup because there are going to be times in the series where KD is just not going to miss, and that's why I have the Nets winning two games. Um, I think when you look at the teams, I mean the Nets just don't really impress me. Like you'll watch these games and then they're. You know, close against Indiana. They barely beat Indiana in a game they needed to get the seventh seed. I mean, they let Cleveland back into their play-in game. And that was a game at the end. I mean, so I just don't... I mean, and you look at how they play defense, and it's just, you know... I just don't think they're a very good defensive team um, from top to bottom. I mean... they they just don't I mean I struggle to find players on that team defensively that I'm scared of. They play a lot of lineups with they play lineups with a lot of small guards. Um I don't think Andre Drummond is that good. I've never been a fan of his game. I understand that he can rebound, but I don't think he is you know, obviously he can't shoot and he's not the defensive player that you'd want. Um So yeah, I mean I just don't I'm just not really a fan of 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 his game, and then um, yeah, and 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 then yeah. you look at you look at the lineups 
and you look at what they're going to do lineup-wise, I mean, it's going to be a lot of small guards, potentially. So, um, and, and look, the Robert Williams thing does not help the Celtics. But, him being out. But I think he might be back later in the series. And I'll just say this, too. If the Nets try to bring Ben Simmons back, that is going to be a gift to the Celtics. It is going to be a gift to them. Because he's not played a second for that team. He's not played a second of basketball this year. And when you look at how he plays, he's not he's an on-shooter. He's a guy who's going to need the ball in his hands a little bit. He's a guy whose confidence was pretty messed up from, obviously, the playoff series last year. So throwing him into the middle of this just seems like a complete disaster. In fact, if they actually bring him back, I will be tempted to change my pick from Celtics and 6 to Celtics and 5. Like, that that's what we're talking about here. I just don't think that's going to help the Nets. Just play your guys and see what happens. Like, the Nets have a chance to win the series. I I would be lying if I said they didn't. And that chance lies in the hands of Kevin Durant. If he just destroys everything, like, okay. And that's why, as a Celtics fan, I'm a little bit nervous that they drew this opponent. I think their Celtics are better than the Nets. I think they're going to win. But I also, you know, I also think that if you rank the East, I think Boston and Milwaukee are the top two teams. I said this on the last podcast, but I think the Nets are third. And the Nets have the best player in the series. And those things have to make you nervous. This is not a typical 2-7 matchup. That being said, the Celtics, when I look at the Celtics supporting cast. And again, I, I don't think I don't think depth is the biggest deal when it comes to playoff series. But I do think you need a supporting cast around your stars. I do think you need guys who can you can trust in crunch time. They can stay on the floor. They can play both ends. I think playing both ends is really important because if a player in a playoff series has weaknesses, whether they're a, a non-shooter, whether they're a bad defender, things like that, they're going to be picked on. They're going to be exploited. And you look at the Celtics rotation, right? Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum. I mean, Jason Tatum is unbelievable. And like he is, he's not KD, but he's one of the closest things to KD you can have in the league when it comes to scoring. And when it comes to just dominating the game, in his ability as a facilitator this season and his growth in that area has really helped spur the Celtics turnaround. Jalen Brown, great player as well. Then you go out Horford. Tice is not Time Lord, but he is a player the Celtics have won with before. He understands what they're trying to do, and he can contribute enough, I think. And then off the bench, guys like Derek White, Grant Williams, Peyton Pritchard is that shooter if they need they need that support. So the Celtics have these guys that are not going to be exploited. They're going to be able to contribute on both ends of the floor. They fit the system that the Celtics are trying of, of what the Celtics are trying to do. But, but, but then with the Nets, again, with Kyrie is not a great defender. Seth Curry is Seth Curry is a guy who could really help the Nets if he were as a shooter if he were healthy, but he's clearly not healthy. I mean, I watched him during the last couple of games and 
he is very seems to very much not be 100%. We'll see. Maybe the time off helped him. But if it didn't, then I question what he's going to be able to give them this series. Um, I mean, Bruce Brown is a guy who has seemed to improve. I'll give him credit. He seems to have found a little bit of a shot, and he is a good defender, and he's probably the third best player on the Nets will be playing in this series. Um, and then, obviously, KD, and then, I mean, Drummond. I don't, I'm not really scared of their front court rotation, like Drummond, Nick Claxton, like guys like LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin. Like, those guys don't scare, if they want to play them, those guys don't scare me at all. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Like, I think the Celtics have a pretty decided edge in the front court. Um, and then again with Pat, like guys like Patty Mills and Dragos on the bench, like the, the Nets just don't have defensive-oriented guys. I think the Celtics are going to be able to get whatever they want offensively in this series. So I really think it's just going to depend on like, okay, the Celtics are going to play great defense, but like the Nets are going to win a couple of games just because KD goes off. That I think that's just reality. Um but, and the Celtics have home court as well. Like, I think they have a pretty significant coaching advantage. I don't think Steve Nash is a very good head coach. I think Udoka has done, you know, I've, it was a little bit of a shaky start. But you know what? The guy's come in and he's helped turn this thing around. And he's really figured some things out with his team. And I definitely think he's the better coach in the series. So, so I, I just look at it and just all these factors are pointing Boston. Just all of them are putting Boston. I think they're just the better team. And I think they will come out of this series. They'll win in six. So um, that's that's what I have to say on it. Um, then you have... Uh, what series next? Um, we'll do Suns Pelicans next because I don't want to spend very long on this. Look, I just don't... Um, I just... Do, this is just... I mean, good for the Pelicans. Congrats to them on making the playoffs. At the end of the day, I'm going to ask the same question with this that I asked for Bucks Bulls. Can the Pelicans win a game in this series? Can they win a game? I am going to say no. They will get swept. The Suns are the clear best team in the Western Conference. The Pelicans have played, again, they had their bad start. I get that, but I mean, they were well below 500 this season. They don't have Zion. It's a lot of young guys. McCollum is, is someone who won't be won't be scared of the, of the moment. Brandon Ingram looked really good. Has looked really good all year. Like they've got the Pelicans can can make a I think they can make a couple of games interesting, I'll say that. I think they can make a couple of games interesting. But at the end of the day, the Suns are just so good. The Suns are just so good and I said it before. The Suns, the Bucks and the Celtics, those are the three teams you should be looking at when it comes to the championship. The, the championship race this year. Those are the three teams. Well, the champion will be one of those three teams. So when you look at it in the first round, 
it's just hard to give the Pelicans much of a shot here. Like, good on them for making the playoffs. It'll be a nice step forward for them. But, um, yeah, I, I think this is over four. I think Suns win in four. Um, and, and that's the whole thing, too. It's like, if you're the, the way the brackets broke down in the East, pivoting back for a second, is really interesting because it's like, I think the best three teams, it's kind of like last year. The best three teams all ended up in the same bracket. The two, three, six, seven bracket, I think has the three best teams in the East. And I think the same, something similar could have been said last year. Um, You know, obviously that bucks net series in the second round was such a classic. And then you get to the conference and, and, and you look at the other series and it's like, well, Atlanta and Philly and Philly's choking all over itself and Atlanta wins and all of a sudden they're in the conference finals. Like what? <laughs> so, so like, I, I, I just, uh, I just kind of look at it the same. Like, I, I think this year will be a little bit different. I think teams like Miami and obviously Philly has changed a little bit and, you know, in Toronto, um, Maybe, yeah, maybe even Toronto. I don't know um, if, if they were to somehow get it. Like, I think probably Miami is who I lean there. But, like, if, if if it is Miami or even Philly, like, yeah, that would be a little bit more scary than Atlanta was last year in the conference finals. But, but I think the same thing holds true, though. Like, I think... Um, I think I think the the winner if it happens of Bucks Celtics in round two and I think it will happen. Winner of that is going to the finals and will play the Suns for the championship. That that's how I view it. I'm almost going to start dubbing it as like finals number one and finals number two because that's really how this breaks down in my eyes. And one other interesting thing I wanted to before we move on since I just remembered that I want to make about the Celtics. Nets I think there's a lot of similarities here between the Suns, between this series and the Suns Lakers series from last year, the two seven in the first round last year in the West. I think when you look at it, you have, I think the Celtics in the in the Suns of last year is an interesting comparison. You have a team that you know, it's not a perfect comparison, but it's largely a young team. The Suns had a lot of guys like Bridges and Aiton. And um, Booker, and then they brought in that veteran piece, that veteran leader, and Chris Paul, to um, that really stabilized things and took him took him to the next level. The Celtics did something similar, obviously last offseason, bringing Al Horford back. Now Al Horford is not as good as Chris Paul. I'm not saying that. Of course, Jalen Brown is better than whatever the second best young player on the Suns is, whether it's Bridges or Aiden. So it kind of balances itself out that way. But the point is, there's a lot of similarities with the situation. The Celtics are this young team that has young star power that had a really good, um, that had a really good season. And at the end of the day, they're just the better team going going into the series against this team that, like the Lakers were last year, the Nets had, you know, were a team that was a preseason favorite, but had, had a lot of injuries. They had some injuries, had some internal drama, had the um, vaccination stuff, which I don't need to go down that. You know, regular 
listeners of, of me and people who know me know how, you know, where I stand on the whole vaccine thing. I think not getting vaccinated is just completely unacceptable in every way, but I'm not going to delve further into that right now. So if you're out there and you're not vaccinated, like change that now for the good of society, please. It's not a personal, it's not a personal decision. It is something that affects a lot of people. And it's literally something that, you know, probably billions of people have taken at this point and been fine. So you should go get yourself vaccinated. Um, but anyway. Anyway, so, I mean, so the Nets had a lot of stuff this season. But at the end of the day, they are not not your typical seven seed. Just like the Lakers were not the typical seven seed last year. Um, and a lot of people last year, myself included, I got hoodwinked into this. I was wrong. I, I, I was, I, I evaluated incorrectly. I was like, oh my, the Lakers are just going to come in and it's not going to matter that they're the seventh seed. They're just going to come in and they're going to, they're going to get at least back to the conference finals again, if not the finals. Well, the Suns had something to say about that. It was a hard series, but they won in six games. And the Suns advanced, and they kept advancing after that. Once the, the Suns had gotten past that in that series, they got past the Nuggets. They swept the Nuggets, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, man, they're, they've got a real shot to, to get to the finals, and they did. Kawhi got hurt. They beat the Clippers, and all of a sudden they're in the finals. So I really think something... A similar situation could play out here. You know, this team, the Nets, that a lot of people thought were going to win a title. I didn't, but a lot of people did. You know, there's going to be a lot of people. I think people are more on the Celtics this time than they were on the Suns last year, from what I remember. But um, a lot of people are still on the Nets to win the series. And um, I think it's going to play out a similar way. I think the Celtics are going to win. It's going to be tough. It's going to be six games, but I think they're going to win. And it won't be the exact same situation because the Celtics are going to have another heck of a series next round with the Bucs. But then if the Celtics get through the nets of the Bucs, I mean, good grief. They're definitely not going to lose them to Miami or Philly or Toronto. That just is not going to happen. So it is it is a situation that has some similarities because I think the Celtics are that good that they can and will go to the finals. So it's just an interesting comparison. It's not perfect, but I do think it's interesting. So we've covered two series. What do we want to do next? Um, oh, Hawks Heat. So my take on this series is that the Hawks have a shot. They're not dead in the water from the, beat, from, from the get-go like the Pelicans are and like the Bulls are in that series. I think Miami's definitely going to win. They're way the way better defensive team. I happen to think defense still matters. A lot of people are just like offense, 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 offense. Well, I think defense is very important. It's um, it's well documented, and no one with that has not been top ten in defense um, has won a title in like almost twenty years. It's very important to defend at a high level, and at the end of the day, the Heat. Are a really good defensive team. Bam Adebayo, um, he's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year because Marcus Smart is, and he deserves it, but Bam is certainly in that mix after Marcus Smart um, 
for that award. Um, he's had a really good season. He is a very, very, very good defender. Um, and obviously my knock on Miami is that they don't have that top 10, top 15 player necessarily. Depending on where you slot Butler, but top 10, top 15, I don't know. But they definitely don't have a top 10 player. But they've got a good enough team here that, and I don't think Trey's necessarily top 10 either. So, I mean, they've got, what Miami does have as a team. And I think that's enough right now. It won't be enough when they have to play Boston or Milwaukee. But it will be enough in this round. They've got the best coach in basketball that's still in the playoffs. You know, I don't want to get into Popovich versus Spolster right now, but Popovich is gone, so Spolster is the best coach in the playoffs. And they've got, you know, you know, home court. They've got the number one seed. Like, I think Trey is going to make this interesting, though. He's going to have a couple games where he really goes off, and it's going to make it interesting. This Atlanta team is not, again, just like the Nets are not your typical seven. I don't think Atlanta is your typical eight. It's not every year you see the eight, the te- a team that was just in the conference finals is an eight seed. And they've got mostly the same team back. So I think Atlanta is going to make this interesting. It will be a good series. It will be a fun series to watch. At the same time, it's hard to pick against Miami. I definitely think Miami will win this in the end. Um, but I think it'll be a good series. Um, Atlanta is good enough to, to make this a good series. So... I'm excited to watch it. Should be fun. And we'll let, let's review today. Um, so, and we have one more series that we haven't touched on yet that's going to happen. And that's going to be part of reviewing today. And that's going to be the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies. What a great game that was. I mean, just up and down. Young teams just going, young stars just going off. John Morant, Anthony Edwards. Like, that was, if that game was any indication, that's going to be the most fun series of this first round. It's going to be the most fun series of the first round for sure. It's just, it was just so much fun to watch. Um, And Minnesota, I mean, a lot of people, you know, before the series, I picked Memphis in six. I'm still going to stick to that. But man, I mean, Minnesota has a chance here. I think there's some matchups here that favor the Timberwolves. Um, like, I just don't know what kind of answers that the Grizzlies have for Cat and Edwards. I mean, the Grizzlies are really good, too. And I, I just think it's going to be a really high-scoring series. Like I'm not sure either team has the answers for the other team's stars. They certainly did, really didn't today. Um, Memphis will have their say. This is going to be a long series. And I'm not backing off my prediction. I'm not doing that after one game. Although there is one other series that I do have to address what's going on in. Um, But I just don't... um, Yeah, I I just... uh, I definitely don't see this being a short series. I just think both these teams are are really good. And it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um... I thought Memphis was, again, I picked Memphis here, but I have also thought that Memphis's regular season record was maybe a little bit over how good the team actually is. Um, they had a great regular season. I don't think they're that team necessarily in the playoffs. Whereas Minnesota, I do think, is 
probably around this, you know that caliber of team in the playoffs. So, you know what what their record was. So, this is going to be a good series. It, it's just uh, you know two young hungry teams going at it. Like it's it, it's just very entertaining. Like it, this is definitely. Um, Right now, you'd have to say this is going to be the most entertaining series of the first round. It's just great basketball. Um, so, and like I, I know there are people I've I've saw people out there picking Minnesota, and like I can't really blame you. Like, it could be that Minnesota is just going to be the upset team in the first round, and that Memphis is going to, that would not shock me. It wouldn't shock me. It actually really would not shock me. Um. So, I mean, kudos to all all involved for putting on such a great show today. It was a lot of fun to watch, and I am looking forward to Game 2. I saw Game 2 is on, apparently on NBA TV, and I think that's pretty disappointing. Like, I, I, I think that should be a TNT game. Um, that should be a TNT series, like, with how fun it's going to be. I'm not surprised. Disappointed, but not surprised. Like, that series should be really showcased because it was, well, it was a heck of a lot of fun to watch, and, you know... There's there's gonna be some series here that are gonna be yawners like like Bucks Bulls Suns Pelicans like put those on NBA TV like let's actually watch you know some of these good series we'll have our time to watch the Bucks and the Suns believe me um, so yeah that was a heck of a show so I want to address Utah and Dallas. I so I said I basically said Utah was going to get swept or close to it in the podcast earlier this week and that's not going to be the case clearly. I but this is a hard this is such a hard series to prognosticate because of the Luka Doncic injury. That has impacted things seriously and it's really kind of sad and um you know how that injury happened because there was a chance that, you know, if Luca had had to serve that suspension for his technical foul, like, he wasn't even going to be on the court. He wasn't even going to be there, and he would have been fine then today. So it really is just, you know, really sad how all that worked out. Like, you know, he's able to play, gets it rescinded, and then he gets injured and is out for the game, and we'll see what happens from here. But um, I think we can see from this game how how flimsy Utah is. Like, Dallas without Luca is a lottery team. They would not have made the playoffs. They would not have made the playoffs. And that was a close game at the end. Like, Utah barely won. So it just shows how broken that Utah team is that that was even a game, frankly. If Utah were any good, Utah would have won that game by 20-plus. So... I think that game, honestly, just showed me that if Luka can come back for... If Luka can come back for Game 3, the Mavs are going to win the series still. Now, it's going to be 7. I have it in 7 now. It's going to be 7. Utah's going to win some games because of the injury. And only because of the injury. Utah's going to win games. But the at the end of the day... Unless Luka just sits out a bunch of games here, you know, games three and four or two, like, 
like the Mavs are going to win the series still. And look out. I mean, if the Mavs go out and steal game two, it's not inconceivable that the Mavs steal game two. If they steal a game here, one of these first two, then look out because, again, they're the better team. They're The Mavs are the better team. If Luka had played today, Dallas would have won. And frankly, it just shows to me why Dallas is the better team and is going to entirely depend on the injury. If Luka can come back quickly enough, the Mavs are going to roll. If Luka just doesn't come back or comes back way too late or, or he comes back and re-injures or whatever, then the, Jazz, the, the, then the Jazz could win. But I'll tell you this. You know who the winner of this series plays next? They play the Phoenix Suns. If the Utah Jazz are gifted a second-round opportunity, an opportunity to be in the second round because of this injury, because of Luka being out, if that gifts them an opportunity they frankly don't deserve to be in the second round, I mean, Phoenix-Utah is a lopsided series. And Phoenix is going to win that one to 4-2. If, if, if that's what how this goes down, Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns are not going to lose a game before the conference finals. It's going to take until the conference finals for the Suns to lose a game. Whereas if Dallas advances... The Suns are still going to win, but it's at least going to be interesting. You're at least it's at least going to be fun to watch. Luca's Luca will have a couple huge games. It won't be a sweep, and it'll be a fun series to watch. But the Jazz, the Jazz are going to get destroyed if they get in that series, and basketball and it'll be a shame for basketball fans everywhere because of that. We will be robbed of a potential like really interesting series. Um, but it is what it is. So this series is going to depend on the injury situation. But I think we know who the better team is. I mean, today showed who the better team is. Like, I don't think there... I, I, if you watch that game and you came to the conclusion that, yeah, Utah is actually better than Dallas, I don't know. I, I would like to have what you're what you're smoking. Please give some to me. Because it seems like it's a lot of fun. And it seems like it really, <laughs> like, it just, I don't know. I, I, there's just no justification for, for that, honestly. Like, yeah, they, they're better than, they're slightly better than what would be a lottery team if that team had played together all year without Luka. Like, come on. It's just a joke. Um, so then you have... Um, Obviously, Philly-Toronto. I might have gotten that one wrong. I'm just going to be honest. Philly blows him out. Tyrese Maxey goes off. Harden looks better than I thought he would. Embiid does his thing. The six Now, look. The Sixers are not going to make the adjustments that they need. Because of Doc Rivers. He's not going to make those coaching adjustments. And Nick Nurse will. So this is not over. But the Sixers impressed me today. And I'm, I'm certainly open to the possibility I could have been wrong on that one. Um, it was the hardest series to pick. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the Sixers won. Um, I thought Ty, Again, I thought Tyrese Maxey was amazing today. And 
the Sixers just did their thing at a really high level. I mean, and even even Doc Rivers, like, yeah, he's really had a shaky, you know, couple of years as Sixers coach. But he did play, at least he didn't play DeAndre Jordan today. Like, low bar, but at least he didn't play DeAndre Jordan today. So, if that continues, it's very possible that, you know, we actually do get the Sixers winning the series, and we actually do get a Sixers Heat second round, which I think would be a fun series. Um, it'd definitely be the, the the third and fourth best teams still alive in the East. Um, but I think it would be a fun series. So, um, and, and obviously Toronto, like, if Toronto loses Scotty Barnes for any long period of time, he sounds like he sprained his ankle today, the thing's a wrap. Um, Toronto's just not a deep enough team to overcome something like that. Um, you know, they'll scrap and claw and fight and they won't go, you know, they won't give up, but they need Scotty Barnes back. If they want to make this a series, they need Scotty Barnes back and they need to make some adjustments. I mean, Nick Nurse is very good at, at those adjustments in the playoffs. It's very hard to knock out Toronto. They're in a very obnoxious team to play. Didn't look like it today. But Philly definitely looked like the significantly better team today. And if they if those players continue to play at that level, then they may then then the Sixers may just roll. But I would not count out Toronto yet. So thanks for listening. We're gonna wrap up and uh, have a great night.